Welcome to the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders, and CDM, sponsored by Kerasoft. Here's today's moderator, J.J. Green. Welcome, and thanks for joining us. My guests today are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at the Department of Homeland Security, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, Ben Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of the Interior, Greg Amori, Director of Civilian Agencies and Mid-Atlantic at Forescout Technologies, Dennis Riley, Vice President of Federal at Gigamon, and Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering, FireEye, Public Sector. A decade ago, the Director of the Defense Intelligence Agency, General Ron Burgess, told me, the greatest threat to U.S. national security is the pace of change. General Burgess said the same thing on Capitol Hill during testimony at the worldwide threat briefings. He said technological developments pose the biggest threat and the biggest risk. He said the speed and skill of cyber criminals, both freelance and nation state, posed an inordinate challenge to the U.S. government and the private sector for cybersecurity professionals. Since that time, numerous developments and steps have been made and taken to try to stay ahead of these threats, and one of them is CDM, the government's continuous diagnostic and mitigation program. And on this program, we're going to examine the objectives, the status, and the challenges posed. The CDM program enhances government network security through automated control testing and progress tracking. This approach provides services to implement uh, sensors and dashboards. It delivers near real-time results, prioritizes the worst problems within minutes versus quarterly or annually. It enables defenders to identify and mitigate flaws at network speed, and it lowers operational risk and exploitation of government IT systems and networks. So I'd like to start off today with uh, Kevin. And um, the question that I'd like to throw your way, first of all, today, Kevin, is I'd like you to set the table for us and tell us um, what's number one on your list right now, considering where we are in this process of using CDM as a defense mechanism. Good morning, JJ. Uh, thank you uh, for uh, inviting us here today. Uh, where we are today, we've been working with our uh, agency partners as well as industry partners as well. Uh, to get uh, the foundation laid for the agencies to be able to do cybersecurity continuous monitoring. So our, our number one priority is to uh, fill any remaining gaps for that, make sure that the agencies have full visibility of their environments, know what's on the network, have full visibility of their user base, uh, who's on the network. And then uh, in parallel with getting that foundation in place, uh, we also want to begin expanding out to the network, out to the cloud, uh, helping agencies understand what's happening on the network. So at the end of the day, they will have full visibility of their entire enterprise, uh, where all of their data is, know who all of their users are, and be able to uh, continue to tighten up their cybersecurity posture. If you look at where you are today, as opposed to 10 years ago, how much of a difference would you say having this program is made in terms of getting your work done? I think it's made a tremendous difference, uh, both for us at the federal level, but also down at the agency level. Uh, again, we've partnered with the agencies to identify where they have some gaps, uh, to help them uh, get a fuller understanding of what uh, is out in their environment. And we have found uh, from the inception of the program uh, that we have helped agencies discover uh, close to 50% additional assets uh, than what they were aware of in, in, in near real time. So that's been a, a big win for the program, a big win for the agencies, just to have that near real-time or real-time understanding of, of what their networks look like. Uh, and, and so we just want to continue uh, uh, building on that, again, helping them understand who all of their users are, in particular their privileged users, uh, and then uh, really expand out uh, wherever they have data and, mm -hmm. and wherever it needs to be protected. Willie, based on what you've heard Kevin tell us about uh, today, um, where's your agency, uh, how are you doing, and what successes can you share with us today? Um, one of the main things that Kevin um, has just said, JJ, is the, is the partnership between the agency and DHS. Um, 
with NASA, we're a very complex, you know, environment. So we've been able to uh, deploy fully into the NASA environment. And that's, that's to cover both the corporate and the mission networks. Um, so through the CDM program, and we will continue to do that, we've been able to discover those assets where it may have been hidden or wasn't being reported before. Um, so, the main, so the main part for us is that it's, it's increased our security um, but also it's brought more awareness to what's in our environment. Mm -hmm. So it, it's been a success at NASA and we believe it'll continue to be a success at NASA. And Ben, Liberty, um, <clears throat> help us fill in, I guess, the rest of the conversation on what agencies may be challenged with and where you go first when you're looking for places to find success um, while implementing some of these practices. Yeah, so, um, we, right now, we've been kind of focused on operationalizing um, CDM because it, CDM has been going on for quite some time now, but to actually make it operational, that's really what we've been focused on. Um, in particular, the phase one capabilities. So there's, there's four of them. Um, we're focused on three of them, um, vulnerability management, um, hardware and software asset management. Um, configuration settings management was de-scoped from the Task Order 2 contract. Um, so that's coming back in now under Defend. Um, but since that's a little bit further behind, we're focused on operationalizing the other three. Um, however, to make operationalization um, effective, you really need a, a dashboard. And um, the CDM dashboard, um, from our perspective right now, um, isn't quite ready for full-time operations. So what we're doing is, um, to, to Willie and uh, Willie's point earlier, is we're partnering with DHS um, on an operational study um, where we can actually delve deeper into some of those um, dashboard challenges, among others. Um, so we can kind of uncover some lessons that can be applied not only to Department of the Interior, but for the rest of the federal government uh, at large. Just, just briefly, can you give us a sense of how you're going about that study? Yeah, so um, we're, we're coordinating, it's mostly interview-based. Uh -huh. uh, the way that DOI is focused, um, all the CDM capabilities, um, whether it's the hardware asset management capability or software asset management, vulnerability management, et cetera, um, DOI is organized where we have leads that lead those particular tools. Um, so, uh, and the, the same applies to um, the integration layer as well as the dashboard layer. So each of those tools um, and architectural layers have leads and we're meeting with DHS um, with those leads and myself as a program manager to do interviews to go into some of those operational challenges. Mm -hmm. Tom Welsh, FireEye, can you assist us in in our quest to understand how industry sees this complex picture we've been talking about. And just walk us through some of the areas where you've been able to help government in its own cyber journey. Absolutely, and thank you, JJ, for uh, inviting us this morning. I think to dovetail on some of Ben's comments, uh, really our clients are looking at how they best operationalize the uh, objectives of CDM. So when we look at uh, the threat landscape and the particular vulnerabilities and, and tooling and, tech and uh, you know, technologies that are available to agencies, it's not just enough to look at that, but it's also important to look at having an intelligence-led security program. How do you identify the data, your high-value assets, understand the tactics, techniques, and, and procedures that the adversary is going to use? It really ties back to the overarching objectives of CDM. You know, how do we uh, make sure that we identify risk on an ongoing basis, prioritize those risks according to the severity, and then mitigate the most important challenges first? So, uh, Greg Amore, Forescout Technologies, if you think about what you've heard the government uh, representative talk about today and what Tom just mentioned, what outside of that construct have you found yourself dealing with most? Is there something other than what we've heard about today that's at the top of your list of to-do. And how does that change, um, say, as time passes? I, remember, I mentioned at the top of this that one of the key concerns is the pace of change. There's constant change, so it's not just that you're doing more and better things to uh, achieve your mission, but the adversaries are too. So just wondering, are there some things outside of what we've heard from today that are at the top of Four Scouts lists? So I think, um, you know, our adversaries are obviously getting smarter all the time, and they're always a, uh, you know, they're, it's a it's a cat and mouse game. Try and keep up with them, uh, in the most part. So, um, where we see where you see vulnerabilities a couple years ago, 
uh, they've shifted and, and, and now we see new threats coming online. That happens, you know, that's just the nature of our business. Um, Forescout in particular is looking at um, every IP connected device on someone's network. Um, traditional IPs we've known about, we talked about, it's the non-traditional, um, the TVs that are connected to the internet, the phones that are connected to the internet, the, the ICS, the, uh, excuse me, industrial control systems that are connected. Um, those are where the new threats are coming from or, or that's another uh, area that we're very focused on. And have you found with this new group or area where you're finding uh, devices that are bringing new, thre new threat realities to you, have you found it more difficult to deal with those devices than the traditional ones? So uh, for us, not really. It's um, in the nature of how um, our technology works. We're not an agent-based technology. We're um, agentless. Um, so anything that connects via the network, we're going to see. Um, and, and be able to classify and, and be able to do something about, right? So we can segment or we can, uh, uh, we can kick them off the network, for example. I think the challenge becomes, um, you know, if you read SANS or you look at uh, NIST controls, the very first thing on, on uh, all those recommendations is know thy network. And I think that's where the program has done a, an exceptional job of going out and, and bringing that hygiene to agencies, uh, kind of forcing them to look inside and say, okay, what do I have on my network? Mm. Uh, Dennis, the threat landscape, um, what, where should we be looking? What should be, we be thinking about? Uh, and what is Gigamon thinking about as it sort of envisions where, where to go next, what to do next? Because a big part of success, I imagine, in this arena is thinking ahead, thinking, thinking like a chess player. Yes, and Kevin talked about the first couple of phases of CDM, uh, what's, on, what's on the network, who's on the network, and the next phase going into Defend and Beyond is what's happening on the network. So what that uh, points up is the data transitioning uh, the network needs to be fully visible as well. Um, and you want to make sure that that data gets to the right cybersecurity tools, the floor scouts, the fire eyes, uh, et cetera, so they can do their job uh, extremely well. So you want to be able to see that data, whether it's on the physical network, in the virtual environment, which may never touch the physical network, and as Kevin mentioned, in the future, more and more into the cloud. So having that visibility to the data in motion, so all the cybersecurity tools that agencies had before CDM are getting now within CDM and might use their own funding to acquire, get the data they need so they, they can do their jobs extremely well. Mm -hmm. going, going forward, I think what we're going to see is more and more encrypted data. Yeah. Uh, most agencies are reporting 70% or more encrypted data, so you want to make sure you can break and inspect, open up that data so the cybersecurity tools can see that and do their jobs well. If the adversaries can masquerade in an encrypted channel, they can sneak in and they can set up an encrypted channel to exfiltrate data and steal our intellectual property. So I think going forward, we're gonna be seeing more and more emphasis on making sure that we know what's happening on the network in encrypted channels as well. That's very interesting, Tom Welsh. Yes, to echo uh, Dennis and Greg, my industry partners on that and offer some additional color from uh, what we're seeing on the front lines. Uh, certainly we see an acceleration of the adversary, not just in their tactics, tools, and procedures, but also looking at increasing convergence of not just uh, geopolitical forces and increasingly kinetic activity, but with cybersecurity. You see some new challenges. You see some new opportunities, and you see some new, new uh, uncharted territory is what I was hearing you getting at there, and you're going to have to be very specific about how you figure out how to deal with it, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, really what we see is the acceleration of the adversary's uh, adaptation. You know, we see not only that in the, the tactics, tools, and procedures that they're using, but also we see that increasingly in a convergence of uh, the geopolitical forces and sometimes uh, you know, kinetic activity with cybersecurity. One only need look to the recent Triton malware to see an example of that. Mm -hmm. uh, my partners mentioned uh, you know, industrial control systems. In the case of Triton, we had a piece of malware that targeted specifically the safety mechanisms of industrial control systems. Uh -huh. uh, and certainly with cloud, yeah. um, you know, with cloud, ad adversaries follow the data. And increasingly, you know, with federal workloads and data moving to the cloud, it's vital that we maintain visibility of those yeah. workloads and understand how the nature of the attack differs in the cloud. Okay, we're gonna come back to you for some more on that as we continue, but um, right now I wanna tell you again, our guests today are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at DHS, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, 
Benjamin Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of Interior. Greg Amori, Director of Civilian Agencies and Mid-Atlantic at Four Scout Technology. Dennis Riley, Vice President of Federal at Gigamon. Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering, FireEye Public Sector. I'm JJ Green, your moderator on the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders and CDM, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, a part of the Federal News Network. FireEye is changing the way government agencies defend against a new breed of cyber criminals. As today's threat landscape grows ever more complex, defending federal government agencies becomes increasingly challenging. FireEye combines world-class technology with an unrivaled global intelligence network and an expert team of cybersecurity consultants. FireEye helps government agencies find and stop advanced attacks that other security technologists can't even see, let alone stop. Visit FireEye.com. That's F-I-R-E-E-Y-E. Your network is an intricate ecosystem of technology, processes, and people critical to your agency's mission. Optimize your infrastructure and CDM defend solution performance with an element that binds everything together. That essential element is Gigamon. Gigamon solutions integrate with and visualize traffic across your physical, virtual, and cloud networks to deliver insights and intelligence that can reduce risk, complexity, and cost to your business. Gigamon, the essential element of your infrastructure. To learn more, visit gigamon.com. It only takes one unsecured device on your IT or OT network for a breach to happen. Do you know everything that's on your network? Most organizations don't have visibility into at least 30% of their devices. You can't secure what you can't see. You need 100% device visibility, laptops, printers, IoT, building automation, and critical infrastructure. Forescout gives you 100% device visibility. Forescout, security at first sight. Learn more. Visit Forescout. That's Forescout.com. Welcome back to the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders and CDM, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guests today are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at the Department of Homeland Security, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, Ben Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of Interior, Greg Amore, Director of Civilian Agencies and and, and Mid-Atlantic at Four Scout Technologies, Dennis Riley, Vice President of Federal at Gigamon, and Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering at FireEye Public Sector. I'm your moderator, J.J. Green. Let me go back to you, Kevin, to start this segment off. Um, we've heard a lot about operationalization. Uh, I want to figure out how you get the full value out of the technology and practices that you're using. Indeed. Uh, so we are working, as I mentioned, to ensure the foundation is solid across all of the agencies. And to Ben's point, uh, part of that is to get full mission operationalization out of the tools, to ensure that they, the agencies can incorporate the value of the tools into their day-to-day -day operations, into their security operations, uh, and, and really be able to step up uh, in terms of their overall awareness and be able to use the information to benefit the agency. So in addition to the operationalization effort, we also want to make sure that the agencies are getting full value from the data that they are uh, pulling up from the different sensors. So as Ben had also mentioned, uh, with the amount of data coming up to the dashboard uh, ecosystem, uh, is the, there's been some uh, efforts we've had to take to ensure that the volume is, is processed properly that the, the dashboard environment is, is scaling up properly for the agency. And a, a big effort underway now is we have our new dashboard contract uh, in competition. We expect an award of that new dashboard contract uh, in the May timeframe. And what that will do is really expand out that concept of the dashboard ecosystem, uh, getting the agencies more access to their data rather than just feeding the data directly into a dashboard it opens up the data environment so that they can incorporate that data into their security operations functions uh, and be able to bring in business intelligence, be able to bring in different analytics visualization to really uh, expand out the value of the tools. And so that's a, a big undertaking. The other thing I want to mention relates to the original goal. One of the original goals of the program was to help transform uh, the compliance uh, efforts throughout the federal government to help automate as much as 
possible, the control assessments throughout the agencies. So that will continue on, but what we really want to do, and as mentioned by the panel, is, is work to help the agencies not only keep up with the threat and keep up with technological evolution, but to get in front of, of both of those things so that they have a, a stronger cyber defense uh, posture or footing, that they are able to bring innovation in as, as it becomes available, and they have the awareness of, of what's happening from the adversarial standpoint so they can, they can get the proper protections in place, uh, implement the proper responses to keep their, their data, and at the end of the day, the taxpayer data secure mm -hmm. and the citizenry data secure throughout the federal government. You know, Willie, we've heard for a, a long time that space is the final frontier, mm -hmm. but we also know that space right now is front and center because there's, a, there's, a, there, there's another race going on to get right. there and to, to, to own it, if mm -hmm. you will. And uh, I'm very interested in hearing your view on your priorities when it comes to making sure that, okay, you're able to take all, all, all of the, 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 the uh, opportunities that having a, a great, robust CDM program gives you to get your mission done and integrating it, spreading it out across all of your enterprise and all of your people and, and, and you know, and, and looking at what Kevin was talking about, compliance is an issue, mm -hmm. automation and all of that. You're familiar with those things, but you recognize that there's also a great deal of interest in getting this done quickly. Do you find yourself in a situation where you have to choose sometime? Do we do this quickly or do we do this right? Well, the thing for NASA, the benefit is that NASA is, is an agency um, when it comes to deploying the CDM phase one and two tools that, that we got, I had to put a plug in for NASA, that we are the first agency to actually deploy the CDM tools across our entire um, enterprise. Mm -hmm. So because of that, because of the reason of, of the mission, you know, our thing is the mission, we need to enable the mission. Um, but there are some unique things about NASA. I mean, you know, when you talk about, we actually put things up in space, we actually have to launch. So we have launch schedules, we have all those types of things that we have to be aware of. And so when we talk about bringing something into that environment, it has to be tested, but it also has to go um, be implemented from a perspective of, of mission control. Mission control is gonna launch or they have something going on or we have a spacewalk. We have to be aware of that from um, our perspective and be and honor that, that schedule and work with the centers. The one good, good thing that um, CDM the way we implemented it is that we teamed with DHS, DHS integrator, and the NASA team at NASA. And we've done a great job, and, and I have to give kudos to those engineers at NASA for working with us to ensure that we were on time, on schedule, and that we met their requirements as well as the DHS requirements. So we look at, there's a set of requirements for NASA and a set of requirements for the federal government and D that DHS is, is also implementing, and we put them together and we communicate back to DHS, this is when we can do this and this is how we do that, mm -hmm. so that we're not disrupting any kind of uh, capabilities or any kind of uh, schedule that's going on with, with NASA. Yeah, Ben Liberty, when you meet with your team and you are doing, for lack of a better thought theme, your f beginning of the week meeting uh, or the most important meeting of, uh, of a time frame, what is the very first thing, problem-wise, that usually comes up that you have to deal with. And is this a recurrent theme or is it always something different when it comes to CDM? Because I can imagine, and this is just imagination only from a, a person who's an, <laughs> not even a novice at understanding what it is you do, but when you look at where you have to go from day to day, even hour to hour with this process, what's the, most, what's the biggest concern that you have to deal with in talking to your team talking your team through where we're going next with this. Yeah, so um, one of the things that we, we focus on, and, and CDM is really no different than a lot of large federal um, programs when it comes to um, people, process, and technology. The technology, more often than not, is the easy part. Um, it's really the people and the process. I think that they can be um, challenging. So uh, the, the approach DOI has taken, we're no different than any large um, department or agency. We have 14 um, sub-agencies that all have their own unique missions to, you know, to what um, 
Willie just mentioned, everybody has their own unique mission, but when it comes to IT, um, the IT support in 2019, IT is always going to support the mission um, in some fashion. So there's a lot of consistency that we can apply. But uh, getting back to the people and the, and the challenges of the people, the way that we're managing and deploying CDM is we're taking an enterprise-based approach so that if there is a particular issue um, with a tool, for instance, um, we can do a lift and shift and all that work that we did on the people side, the governance work, for instance, um, doesn't need to be redone. We can, because um, with, with capabilities, they're more requirements driven. So that's why we're kind of taking an enterprise approach for how we're managing CDM to kind of address some of those people and, and process problems. Certainly, to what Ben was saying. One of the most important parts of the CDM program is not just the tools and the capabilities and enabling them um, and putting them in. It, it's also looking at all of the things that we've been talking about for years in cyber and, and taking the opportunity to educate, you know, the engineers as well as the, you know, just the, the, the general uh, population within the, uh, within the agency as to what the cyber threats are. Why are we doing this? Um, so this, this, this has given us an opportunity to go out and actually kind of be an advocate for cybersecurity to say, this is why we're doing this. This is why we're trying to protect uh, the data. Here are the threats. Here are some other things that we need to do, and it's just not focused on. So you give the tools. me, you, you make me think of a quick follow-up question. Are you doing that because you're just being proactive, or are you doing that because you need to remind people? People show signs that you need to remind them. It, it's both. It, it, um, we we need to continuously, you know, if, you know, if 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 I'm just, you know, putting in something, if I'm a programmer or a developer or I'm, I'm working with the next robot. I'm not always going to be focused on the cyber attack. I may not even know what's out there. You may not even know how important that project is. Right, you know, so it's up to us as the cybersecurity professionals to, to know what you're doing, what the engineers are doing, and then say, this is how we can help you do what you're trying to do securely. Mm. Very interesting. So, um, uh, Greg, I wanted to, 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 to ask you uh, regarding your attack surface. How have CDM tools helped your federal clients or others um, uh, secure or identify the risk to their attack services, or their, their attack surfaces. How, how, how have these tools, for lack of a better word, made their lives easier? Sure, so um, old adage, if you can't see it, you can't protect it. So that right off the bat has given uh, a lot of agencies the ability to um, protect those devices that they didn't before know about. Um, we've had lots of examples of, uh, of both on the commercial and on the government side, um, actually worldwide, where we've seen threats come in on devices that were unknown to that particular group, that particular agency, commercial customer, whatever it might be. Um, you know, Equifax jumps to mind with, uh, with their strut servers. So um, I think first and foremost, that has been uh, probably the, the, the best value in that we've seen out of CDM is that foundational layer that Kevin talked about and that visibility to those devices. If you can't know about it, then how are you going to protect it from those adversaries? So that's number one. Number two is just the, the ability to do this in real time. Um, so our adversaries are moving faster and faster. Um, so there's a piece of, there's a part of it that's automation, which mm -hmm. is, okay, uh, a device comes on my network, I know about that device. Um, and should it be on my should, should it be on my network? Maybe, maybe not. If we don't know, if it doesn't, if it's not a managed asset, for example, we can quarantine it or do something like that. I think those are the those are the key things the the program has brought to agencies. And what when you sit down and have conversations with your government counterparts and others that you're working with, mm -hmm. what's your first what's your first piece of information you want to share with them? What is it that you want them to know? Um, is most important to you in terms of trying to uh, get your work done? Because we know um, that, you know, and I don't want to ask you to answer this or to respond to this, but we know that the adversaries, as you've mentioned and everybody up here has mentioned, are getting so fast, you know, um, from month to month. When you sit down and have conversations with um, how you can contribute to the product. What's the first thing, what's the most important thing that you want to share with them? Yeah, so we, in, in our conversations with the government, we, we really talk about um, um, 
not just the capabilities around our technology, but the capabilities around uh, other, other partners uh, in the community. So um, as attacks continue to increase in speed, the human being can't respond to those. There has to be, a, there has to be a, a, an automation aspect. AI? AI is one, machine learning, um, mm-hmm. firewall rule sets, you know, automatic uh, port changes, ACLs, yeah. all those things uh, have a part. Um, you know, at the same time, you don't want to disrupt business. So um, I think the, the key thing that we go into customers with is first and foremost, CDM's uh, a means to an end uh, in a certain way, but agencies have to have, um, they have to um, take advantage of the program to solve for their mission, much to Willie's point. Um, the NASA mission is, is unique. Um, there's different parts of NASA, um, the mission side, the corporate side, they have their own uh, requirements and they have to adapt uh, leveraging the tool sets that, that they're getting from the program and the people in the process that are getting from the, uh, the program to um, take full advantage of it. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's the, the key things that we go in talking about. So Dennis, we could talk all day about the threats and you know the possible fixes and solutions but there's always going to be something that keeps a guy like you up at night. And I'm very interested in what that is when you consider that, you know, again, the speed of the adversary, there's just the speed of life in general. There's always going to be something, and it may change from moment to moment. So I'm wondering, what's the one thing, the number one thing, or two or three or four, if, mm-hmm. if, that, if you look like you process a lot of information. So um, what are the top things that keep you up? Well, the adversaries are well-funded, highly motivated, and, and relentless. Um, and, and perhaps as a little bit of context, the Secretary of the Navy just came out with a report. And in there, the Commandant of the Marine Corps is quoted as saying, and he mentioned this last month in February at FCO West, that we've been in a cyber war for a decade, in his opinion. And this report goes on to say explicitly that we're losing that cyber war to adversaries like Russia and China. Well, what does that have to do with civilian agencies? You know, the province of the cyber wars with DOD and the intelligence community, but one of the biggest targets is a civilian agency. NASA's got a treasure trove of uh, engineering and scientific information that's worth, you know, billions and billions of dollars to an adversary. The Department of Interior controls dams and floodways. Wouldn't an adversary want to threaten us there? Of course they would. So to me, the thing that keeps me awake is, are we moving at cyber relevant speed? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a hard thing to do because the adversaries certainly are. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Congress and DHS leadership needs to give Kevin Cox and you know, the CDM program office the tools they need to respond to agency needs, recognize threats, work at cyber relevant speed so they can not only catch up, keep up, but get ahead of the threat. Okay. We're going to come back to some more of this um, scintillating conversation. You guys are a great bunch. You know, I appreciate this, uh, the opportunity to to get the, uh, the ideas out there and to learn from them. My guests today are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at DHS, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, Ben Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of Interior, Greg Amore, Director of Civilian Agencies in Mid-Atlantic at Four Scout Technologies, Dennis Riley, who is Vice President of Federal at Gigamon, Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering, FireEye Public Sector. I'm J.J. Green, your moderator on this panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders in CDM, sponsored by Kerasoft, on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. FireEye is changing the way government agencies defend against a new breed of cyber criminals. As today's threat landscape grows ever more complex, defending federal government agencies becomes increasingly challenging. FireEye combines world-class technology with an unrivaled global intelligence network and an expert team of cybersecurity consultants. FireEye helps government agencies find and stop advanced attacks that other security technologists can't even see, let alone stop. Visit FireEye.com. That's F-I-R-E-E-Y-E. Your network is an intricate ecosystem of technology, processes, and people critical to your agency's mission. Optimize your infrastructure and CDM defense solution performance with an element that binds everything together. That essential element is Gigamon. Gigamon solutions integrate with and visualize traffic across your physical, virtual, and cloud networks to deliver insights and intelligence that can reduce risk, complexity, and cost to your business. Gigamon, the essential element of your infrastructure. To learn more, visit gigamon.com. 
It only takes one unsecured device on your IT or OT network for a breach to happen. Do you know everything that's on your network? Most organizations don't have visibility into at least 30% of their devices. You can't secure what you can't see. You need 100% device visibility, laptops, printers, IoT, building automation, and critical infrastructure. Forescout gives you 100% device visibility. Forescout, security at first sight. Learn more. Visit Forescout. That's Forescout.com. Welcome back to the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders and CDM, sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. My guests today are Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at the Department of Homeland Security, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, Ben Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of Interior, Greg Amore, Director of Civilian Agencies and Mid-Atlantic at Forescout Technology, Dennis Riley, Vice President of Federal at Gigamon, and Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering, FireEye Public Sector. I'm your moderator, J.J. Green. And Tom, it seems like whenever I introduce the panel, you're at the end of the list, so that means you get to go first this time. And in this case, um, um, I want to hear from you um, where you think um, you are in terms of the future, looking at um, what's most important right now. Sure. Yeah, I think um, what we're seeing across the, the threat landscape is that that landscape, uh, the adversary is accelerating in their, in their pace of innovation and the severity of the attacks are increasing. Uh, governments can continue to drive towards IT reform and cloud enablement, and we're gonna continue to be faced with some of the uh, skills gaps from a cybersecurity industry, looking at millions of jobs that we're, we're lacking. So I think this really underscores the value of CDM as a, as a mechanism to, to address that. We, we spoke in the last segment about some of the ways that from a security uh, perspective, CDM helps to, to automate some of these processes. You look at phase three and we have incident response orchestration and automation. I think that's key to that, but not only looking at a technology and tools capability, but how do you inform those tools? You know, how do you look at not just having an orchestration capability, but taking instant response lessons learned on the front lines and using them to inform and maintain your uh, workbooks and, and playbooks for instant response. Mm -hmm. So uh, from a you know, perspective of looking at CDM going forward, we see that with our clients. A lot of the clients are looking at phase three as an enabler, figure out how they can move up the cybersecurity maturity curve, look at doing things smarter to address the, that landscape. Uh, also, with an eye on phase four coming, uh, you know, how do we protect the data? Uh, you know, I'd offer we almost look at CDM some, in some respects in reverse. You look at that data first, understand where that data is, what your high value assets are, and look at how the adversary is going to target that data. What's their motivations? What's their tactics, techniques, and, and, and procedures? Uh, and also, uh, you know, basically what they're after. And when you look at CDM and its initial goals of trying to figure out how to prioritize uh, what you go after first, I think that really helps look at uh, you know, our ability to do that. Uh, Kevin, um, you know, he was talking about you know, um, looking at things in reverse uh, from a CDM perspective. One of the questions that I kind of have is, I know you still have more to do with the current program, mm -hmm. but is anyone thinking about a 2.0 or is anyone thinking about, how far out are you thinking? So when we started the program out, we were talking in phases. So phase one was about asset management, phase two about identity and access management, phase three about network security management. Uh, fourth phase was added data protection management. Uh, what we have done is switch that nomenclature uh, to uh, focus on capabilities with the understanding that the threat will continue to evolve, uh, technology will continue to evolve, so the capabilities must be able to evolve as well. And so the idea is that the program now is, is wide, it, it's opened up wider. Uh, it, we're no longer uh, on a, a set time frame to be wrapped up because we can't be wrapped up. We're always going to have to uh, be able to refresh technology, bring in innovation, and, and, and just continue to uh, understand as agencies move data around or data moves across the network, how we best protect that. And so that's what has really given us a lot of flexibility in terms of not only being able to get the foundational pieces in place, 
uh, but to get some, some of the advanced capabilities out on the network, uh, be able to uh, help accelerate the speed at which the technologies work, uh, bring in things like network access control to ensure that if someone does bring a laptop in on the network, that it will be detected and quarantined rather than the user just have uh, open access to the network. So with the restructuring of our contracts to really open up, to scale up, uh, we'll be able to continue to evolve, to continue to keep up with the threat, be able to continue to keep up with technological change uh, to support the agencies in their, their very important missions. Yeah, Willie, go ahead. I wanted to touch on something as Kevin has said. I mean, a lot of a lot of people are talking how CDM is is about tools and technology, but we have to look at the risk management aspect um, because of risk management and and having to identify, you know, what is our threat tolerance? You know, just one at an agency, a component in an agency, and then across the federal space. So as we continue with the CDM program is, is where we're trying to get to as far as risk management. It's not that things aren't going to happen. They're going to happen. Um, because as, as Dennis was saying earlier, um, these hackers are up all night. You know, they, they really are. And, and they're very good at what they do because this is all they do. So we have to be agile enough um, to understand that someone's going to get in. Mm -hmm. But it's how quickly can we respond to, to someone getting in and penetrating the network, but also getting that data and that information up to the decision makers, all the way up the chain, all the way up to Congress, uh, um, to the President's office, the White House, but mainly, mainly um, to our agency heads, so that they can be aware, but also they can know what the risks are and what our risk tolerance is. Yeah, I believe, uh, Ben, you had something you wanted to add. Yeah. So to Willie's point about taking things to leadership, um, the speed of the attacker as well as um, having the flexibility to Kevin's point about CDM and broadening into capabilities versus phases. Um, one of the things that we really like under uh, the new um, OMB memo in terms of applying CDM outside of the traditional scope of CDM services, um, uh, the Department of the Interior recently, um, as of last year, we, there was an enterprise capability gap that we had that was identified by an IG finding. So what we were able to do is leverage the CDM program to do an analysis of alternatives so we could take those recommendations to our leadership for action. Um, and it was a six-week effort. Um, it was really fast, and um, it, was, it was quite successful. And it was not within the traditional scope of CDM, but it was something we were able to leverage CDM to help achieve. Mm -hmm. With regard to, to other um, tools and capabilities, we have a, a $6 million contract um, on an endpoint management solution that's not even within the scope of CDM, but we're, because it was on the approved products list, we were able to move that over um, under CDM to get some cost savings. Um, antivirus is another example. Um, most departments and agencies benefit from antivirus, but it's not within the scope of the core CDM functions. But if um, those tools are on the approved products list, and um, two of our uh, bureaus and offices recently had expiring antivirus contracts. We were able to move those through. And not only were we able to do that, we were able to do it very fast. Um, the Task Order 2 contract into Defend, Defend is so much faster. We uh, recently, um, when we did the antivirus as an example, we've probably done more than a dozen agency-funded um, requests for service, RFS, which is the uh, acquisition mechanism to get a CDM capability. Mm -hmm. um, that process now is literally um, an email to DHS and FedSim, uh, GSA, with two attachments, a uh, RFS template, which is a two-page document, and an IGCE spreadsheet. We've, we've done so many of these now that they can be done in minutes, where previously to acquire that kind of capability, it would take days, if not weeks. And practice makes perfect, doesn't it? Dennis, you wanted to add. Yeah, one of the aspects of risk mitigation is getting the maximum return on the cybersecurity dollar uh, invested. So I think the CDM program is doing a good job in, in acquiring technologies that are force multipliers, making helping all the cybersecurity tools uh, work better. A great example of that is a next generation network packet broker, which leveraged, is leveraged across the entire infrastructure, helping all those cybersecurity uh, tools work at maximum uh, productivity. Mm. You know, um, Greg, Speaking of traditional and uh, regular approaches to CDM, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, as, as we talk about risk management and 
mitigation as opposed to prevention because we recognize, as it's been pointed out, that that's most likely going to be the situation anyway is, is mitigation because someone or something is going to get in. So um, what, what plans outside of the traditional ones are you working on uh, with your, your clients and with your processes? So I think um, we're focused on, you know, outside of the program, uh, and if you look at our business, um, you know, the majority of our business comes outside the program, but um, um, we're, seeing, we're seeing more and more of that um, as agencies adopt CDM and start adopting, um, uh, they see the value in, in adopting CDM and, and, and the capabilities that it brings. Um, we're really looking at, um, expanding our, our capabilities into cloud, into mm. um, uh, non-traditional IT, such as uh, IoT, OT, um, um, really focused on industrial control systems and making sure that those are protected. And, and a quick follow-up, um, from an OMB perspective, um, funding, mm -hmm. where does that rank and how does that uh, play out in your discussions and your activities? So I think, and, and I think my, my federal counterparts would, would agree that the program um, you know, like any large government program, uh, it probably started off a little slow, but over the last couple of years has, has hockey sticked up and there's been a, I think agencies are really starting to see the benefit of it. Um, I think in large part that's because that's how the, prog the program has been run uh, very efficiently. The communication, the partnership between not just, and Willie talked about this, the partnership between the PMO and, and NASA, for example, but the partnership between the PMO and the vendor community has <laughs> drastically, I would say, improved um, over the last couple of years. Um, I would love to see um, the, the folks at OMB look at the CDM program, um, not just, as Kevin said, there's no finish line, so it's going to continue on. There's, there's going to be new technologies, there's going to be new threats, there's going to be uh, evolution. We're going to go cloud today, and then who knows, 10 years from now, whatever the next cloud uh, um, example might be. I'd love to see the program continue um, uh, to fund. I would love to see OMB continue to fund the program uh, and, frankly, give it more responsibility. Okay, Willie, I want to hear from you briefly on that, and then we want to get some uh, getaway thoughts from folks. I, I think one, one word of caution um, in looking at what, as far as the CDM program, agencies also need to budget in the, the longevity of the program. Once DHS comes in and these tools and these capabilities are integrated, um, there has to be a sustainment. There has to be a renewal. Um, so it's not always DHS is always going to fund forever, is DHS will fund, but then we also, as, as government agencies, need to take into account that we need to budget in the out years so that these capabilities can continue. Perfect. Uh, Tom, I'm going to work my way back to, to, to Kevin here. I need some thoughts from you on the next 18 to 24 months uh, briefly before we go. Absolutely. Yeah, I think we'll start to see uh, you know, a continuation of uh, clients, departments, and agencies leveraging CDM phase three to move up the cybersecurity maturity curve. You know, we've talked a lot today about uh, leveraging existing assets and intelligence to have a, a true risk-based intelligence-led security program. I think we'll continue to see that. Um, and also look at, you know, when we look at incident response, orchestration automation capabilities under phase three, how do we inform that with the intelligence? How do we leverage other programs, such as the DHS shared services contract, and look at really the, the nexus of things uh, okay. to include Trust Area Connection Draft uh, 3.0, Cloud Smart, and other initiatives. Ben, as we uh, continue to press towards our close, we could talk about this for an hour, but we only have a few more minutes. But um, some uh, 18 to 24 month uh, kind of uh, viewpoint talk. Yeah, so the, the short term projects that we're really excited about. Um, is uh, we have uh, enterprise vulnerability shared service capability. We have already have vulnerability management um, throughout the department, but we're there two separate solutions. So bringing those together into that mm -hmm. enterprise program that we mentioned earlier, um, we have a priv uh, privilege access management solution that we're piloting at uh, some of our data centers, um, and then application blacklisting. Um, okay. So that we can pres uh, move from application blacklisting into application whitelisting. Okay. Uh, I think are, are going to be really exciting for us. Okay, uh, Greg Amore. 
So I think over the, from now through the next 24 months, uh, Forescout as a company is going to focus on, as it relates to CDM, really value realization uh, from our customers, making sure that um, agencies like DOI and NASA, et cetera, are getting uh, the value out of the tool that, that they need, not only to address uh, CDM requirements, but also to address okay. their own mission. 20 seconds from you, Mr. Crenshaw. Um, we'll continue to push forward with the CDM program, um, also to utilize the, the tools and things that we have in place at NASA, but we're looking at other areas as well to, to kind of bolster our enterprise okay. and look at what we're doing in the future. Dennis Riley. Uh, JJ, two things. First off, I would like to see Congress more robustly uh, fund the program and give, and, and DHS leadership as well, give the program office the tools they need, the authority they need to work at cyber relevancy speed. If the Commandant Marine Corps thinks we've been in a cyber war for 10 years, we ought to be on a war footing, okay. and that means cyber relevant speed. The okay. second thing is that uh, looking forward to the next uh, 18 to 24 months is if you look at the network as the source of truth, whether the adversary is attacking uh, a thermostat or a traditional IP advice like a handheld or a desktop, the data has to traverse the network. So you okay. want to have pervasive visibility in that network, whether it's a physical network, the virtual environment, or out into the cloud. Okay, Kevin Cox to wrap us up quickly. Indeed. So, JJ, we want to, uh, again, mature uh, what we have in place. We want to operationalize what we have in place. We're about to roll out our uh, new scoring algorithm, AWARE, uh, to help agencies measure their, their overall security posture. We want to bring in the innovation, expand out uh, visibility to the cloud, mobile, uh, and ensure that agencies, wherever they have data, that it's protected. I want to thank our guest today, Kevin Cox, CDM Program Manager at DHS, Willie Crenshaw, CDM Program Executive at NASA, Ben Liberty, CDM Program Manager in the Office of the Chief Information Officer at the Department of Interior, Greg Amore, Director of Civilian Agencies in, in Mid-Atlantic at Forescout Technologies, Dennis Riley, Vice President of Federal at Gigamon, Tom Welsh, Director of Systems Engineering, FireEye Public Sector. I'm your moderator, J.J. Green. You're listening to Federal News Radio part of the Federal News Network. Thank you for listening to the panel discussion, Innovation in Government, Cyber Leaders, and CDM. Sponsored by Kerasoft on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network.